And Father, you clothe us with your divine nature. This morning, we recognize that you are Ebenezer. We recognize that you are Emmanuel, the Lord with us. We recognize that you are Jehovah Raphael, the Lord our healer. We recognize that you are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. We recognize that you are Lord. You are the I am, I am. Unchangeable God, the provider, the Lord our rock, the Lord our strength, the Lord our joy, the Lord our Lord is who you are. So Lord, this morning, accomplish your will. Be magnified. Be praised. Be lifted up. Be lifted up in the name of Jesus. May the people of God that have been redeemed shout a big amen unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, your amen is too quiet for Jesus. Come on, your amen can be better for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Our Lord is good. It is such testimony of songs. It's when the, when the evil one, or when also your struggles and your challenges experience you singing such songs like that. It blows their mind. How can you still think that this God is good? With everything that you are going through. But because I know that he works all things together for the good of those who love the Lord. I know that when I sing, my Lord is good. It is not about what I'm going through. But I know his goodness is keeping me. He says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow. You, you, don't, you don't need to try to drive it into your vineyard. Just by knowing that he is your shepherd. He deploys goodness to follow you. He deploys his mercy to follow you. You see, when an ambassador of a nation travels to another nation, because he's an ambassador, wherever he goes, the authority of the nation he carries it with him. So when God says, surely, goodness, not your goodness, but his goodness, and his mercy, mean that when you still mess up, his mercy still says, don't give up, because I'm not giving up on you yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes we get all discouraged in the midst of the storm. And we feel like the Lord is not with us. But his mercy is. You can't take the mercy of God out. Because he is the God that is merciful. And his mercy shows up on those that he has called his own. Goodness and mercy. So this morning, if you are here, you are not here because of a pastor. You are not here because of somebody. But you are here because mercy showed up. Mercy showed up. When you did not know how to make it. Mercy showed up. And when mercy showed up, he says, I will not count your sin against you. My God is good. We, we have lived for too long depending on ourselves. But if we can just tap into his presence, that my God is good and his mercy and endures forever. This morning made the goodness of God 
May the mercy of God find you in every position of your life. Every corner that you may find yourself this very moment. I don't know what you have been going through, but I came to tell you a message that may his goodness find you. And may his mercy keep you. That in the midst of all things, you not look at any man, but you look up to the one who is Lord. Amen. Amen. Give glory to Jesus. I am, I am thankful to God to be here this very morning. Yeah, I would like to say that I miss you, but then, uh, you know, since this is being videoed, I don't, I don't want the church in Lynchburg to feel like, uh-huh, you know? Because our God is not a God that plays favoritism, you know what I mean? So I will tell you in chambers, when the camera is off, I will tell you how I feel. Hallelujah. You know, you got to be, you got to use wisdom. Uh-huh. Because you don't want to go to the church in Lynchburg and I say, oh, how much I miss Last time we saw you, we saw you on YouTube, huh? I've also been commissioned by my brothers last night, the men's ministry we met here. God bless you all, the men that was able to make it. They asked me to, you know, as you know, they've done something here, huh? They have done a banner here. They said, Pastor, can you just stay here and don't move when you're preaching? So I want you to keep me in prayers. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, if, if I was you, I would be praying hard for this man of God. Because, you know, the way I get with my God, sometimes I don't know, man. You know, I just feel like sometimes I should just roll down for him to just walk on me. Uh, I know, dear, I know. But, you know, I also have to hear my brothers. Hallelujah. So I'll do the best I can. If it doesn't work out today, next time it will work out. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's give glory to Jesus. Amen. I am excited because of the series that we are teaching and the year to declare his praise. And I don't know about you, but the more I am studying about this very subject of praise, one, it makes me realize how much God has bestowed upon us as children of God. And the things that he has bestowed upon us, it is not as if he's asking something so big. But he's given us the, the very best. But yet, sometimes we make the work of God seem so, um, so impossible. Um, but the last time I checked, the Bible says that when all things are impossible to man, with God, meaning that if God is with you, there is all things called possibilities. Hallelujah. So when you are in the arena of God's possibilities, then it means that every possibility of God becomes your possibility. Hallelujah. Oh, your amen is too quiet for Jesus. So I know, yes, last week, Pastor Florin went through the death of speaking of the redeemed. And today I want to just speak on the message, created to praise. Say, I am created to praise. Our two main texts will be coming from Psalm 102, verses 16 to 22, and then Psalm 100, verses 1 to 3. Amen. But there are going to be many scriptures too, so don't worry. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't say amen to Jesus. Yeah. I will try to also finish this a little bit early today so we can go through our family meeting discussion today as well. But before I enter into this message of created to praise, I want to really provide some key definitions. And I know my brothers and my sisters that will be ministering will be also adding more to the context of the definition of praise. But I think that the people of God truly need to understand what praise is. Amen. Um, the, 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 the two definitions I want to echo here. One, it is the act and the expression of gratitude and acknowledgement unto your creator. It's an act or an expression when you are praising God. It is an act or an expression that you do to show that he is your Lord. And you are thankful for who he is to you. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. 
So that is why most of the time when we are praying and when we are doing all things, we wake up in the morning, it is good that when you wake up in the morning, you exercise and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, thank you, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an act that you are saying, I render, when I went to bed, I render my trust in you. And then when I woke up, I am thanking you because in the midst of the night, you have been my provider. So just simply saying, thank you, Jesus, opens a door for you through the course of the day. Because there is power in the place of gratitude. You see, if one is accustomed always receiving thanksgiving, it is not difficult for that person to give back. Can I say that again? Let's say you give your child something, Christmas, and they took it and said nothing and walked away without saying thank you. If that habit continues, you say that my child is not grateful for what I've given to him or her. For some of us, we will not wait for it to happen multiple times. But the first time around, didn't I tell you to say thank you when I give you something? Huh? Please, may the mercy of God help us. Let's not do that. Amen. The second definition I want to echo here is that it's the act of confession. And this I love. The act of confession that one makes as evidence of their life in Christ. The act of confession that one makes as evidence of their life in Christ. Can I repeat that? The act of confession that one makes as evidence of their life in Christ. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Verses 9 to 11. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. I want us to read that very soon. But when we speak of the word confession, what it simply means is that you are agreeing or affirming on something. Are you getting me here? So when we say the act of confession, it means that the act that you agree that the one that you are living in is the source of your life. So Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 to 11, the Bible says, I pray this, the apostle Paul, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of what? Discernment. Or you can change that to understanding. So that you can determine what really matters and can be pure and be blameless in the day of what? Christ. Verses 11. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Can I repeat that? I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in what? The knowledge and every kind of what? Discernment or every kind of what? Understanding. Hear this. He is revealing something in depth to us. Why we got to understand why we ought to praise God. Here, that your love will keep on growing. Means that for the love to keep growing, it needs to be fed. Hey. As you plant a seed, it germinates into the ground, it forms with one pattern with the ground, it starts to bear forth root. And it starts to bring forth the stem, the branches, and the fruit of the branches. Keep in mind that verses 11 says, filled with the fruit of what? Righteousness. Means that your life is the evident. Get me here. When we talk about a plant, you know the plant is alive if it has fruit on it. Maybe I'm not preaching to a church here. Let me preach to this church here. Yes, sir. Jesus cursed a tree because he had failed to bear forth 
My God, I wish I had another church here. They are there to bear for fruit. Meaning that to bear for fruit is not an option, but every plant that has germinated into maturity has to bear for fruit. Now, not just any other fruit or any kind of fruit, but it says the fruit of what? Righteousness. And when God is speaking about righteousness, he is speaking about his attribute. He is speaking about his nature. So God is saying, I want you to carry my nature. I want you to carry my very being. So what he is saying is here, when you walk around in my nature, then the glory and my praise is made evident. I'm going to teach you something. We are going. We are going. Tell, tell your neighbor we are going somewhere. When you are filled with the fruit of the nature of God, then it means that you are revealing Christ into every condition that you go. Now, maybe I didn't get somebody here. But the last time I checked in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the Bible says he is the light. And darkness could not comprehend. So if you are carrying Christ, then you are carrying the light. So in the midst of darkness... When everybody is panicking, you are still at peace. Why? Because you are carrying light. And the evidence of that light is because you are in the Lord. And because you are in the Lord, not just as a person, but you are in him through the love that he made provision for you and I. I am one with Christ, not because of what I've done, but because of his love. If you are setting for Kwame Bwata and set for the love of Christ, that should be our message. Hallelujah. And because that love is radiant in you, it says, let that love grow. Mm? Let that love grow. The Bible says, in the last days, the love of many will turn cold. There is a need for this love to grow. What am I saying here? Three things I want you to write down. One, it is of great importance that every created thing know its creator. Everything that is created needs to know its creator. Hallelujah. Two, it is in the creator that the created thing obtains its full potential. I might say something here. Mm, I'm going to tell you something soon. Let me tell you a story. You know, the leadership, we meet every Monday morning, huh? And we pray. Every Monday morning, we do that. The seating for the church. Early in the morning, 5 o'clock, we stand to pray. And after we finish praying always, we discuss a few things that need to be discussed. And most of the time, I... (laughs) I actually sometimes enjoy that moment a lot. Because a lot of the things that we tend sometimes, you know, hammer upon is praise and worship. And what we always speak of is that Minister Carol, who's in charge of all the media stuff, we say, Minister Carol, you know, those, especially if somebody's husband or wife did not come to church, then they report to them and say, today the YouTube channel was not clear. So then, Everybody will be speaking their mind. Minister Carroll, the media, the, 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 the video was not clear. The sound was not in sync. I mean, Mr. Minister Carroll, and Minister Carroll, and after Minister Carroll gets the opportunity to speak, he says, well, we'll work on it. And he has to say that because that is all that he has. Because the last time I checked, Minister Carroll is not the creator or the manufacturer of this instrument. So Minister Carroll has to go back and figure out how whoever created this, what are the things that they have put in place that he has failed to put in place. That is why it is not in sync. Hallelujah. So when I say 
that it is in the creator that every living thing obtains its full potential. I am saying that if you don't know one, who your creator is, then your full potential will always be at the bare minimum. Will not be destroyed to see some things coming forth, but the full potential itself will not be discovered. Unless you are in the creator. Unless the creator reveals all that he has in you. Hallelujah. Say the creator. Uh-huh. The third point I want you to write here is that praise is not only isolated to the believer. But it's one tax that the unbeliever and the believer both are subject to give to its creator. Praise. That is why you don't take it for granted as a child of God. Romans chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. It says, this is the Amplified Version. For ever, ever seeing the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his internal power, and divine nature, let me clarify again, it says, forever since the creation of the world, his invisible attribute, Romans chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has what made, so that who fails to believe, say fails to believe, and trust in him are without excuse or without what defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wonderful creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in, the th- in their thinking. I might say something here. Even before creation and in the beginning of creation, God started to reveal the invisible attributes. Now hear this. Invisible what? Attributes. Now if it is invisible, then you can make the excuse that it is not seen. But the scripture says, and that his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Can I read that again? From the, from the creation of the world, his invisible attribute, attribute his character, attribute his power, attribute the ways that he do the things that he does, who he is. These things have been clearly seen. So the world is without no excuse. That invisible attribute. Say invisible attribute. Meaning that the thing that you don't see does not mean that God is not there. Because you have not failed to see it yourself does not mean that he is not there. His invisible attribute from creation. <laughs> I used to tell people that, you know, back in the days uh, when I was a sinner, and before I was saved by grace, uh, I used to go about uh, to do all sorts of things. Uh, and it's interesting um, that in the midst of all the crazy things I was doing, uh, I thought it was all because I got skills. Little did I realize that the mercy of God was keeping me. I didn't realize that the mercy of God was keeping me because I could have ended up in the wrong path, which I already did. But the the, the extreme of the penalty, the mercy of God kept me because he had a plan for me. So the invisible attributes, his love, his mercy, his joy, his glory, the invisible attribute. Those things, my brothers and sisters, in the midst of your challenges, recognize that it is made clear to you because the fact that you are alive today, 
means that he is working on your behalf. Ah, my God. The fact that you are still here today means that he is still working on your behalf. I always am amazed how little short-minded we are as human beings, especially in the medical field. Countless number of patients that we, as the practitioners, have declared them dead and said because of the extensive damage to their brain, they would not make it. Yet, come and see, a year after, I have the same person that we declared dead walking into my clinic and talking to me and saying, Dr. Bolton, it's good to see you. That's when you know that you must have a God. You must believe in this God. How he does it, I don't know. But what I know, that he's the one that does it. I'm still speaking about creator to what? Aha, uh -huh. good. So to understand this subject, created to praise, there are three things that I want to speak on briefly before I end. One, to understand that you are created to praise. Say, I am created to praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say, I am created to praise. Mean that you have an assignment called praise. You have a purpose called praise. You have a mission called praise. And you have been created to what? Praise. Now, to understand that purpose, to understand that assignment, to understand that mission, three things I want to speak on here. There could be many, but I want to speak on three things here. One, you have to know who your creator is. Two, you have to be able to examine the praiser, which is you. Say, I need to examine myself. Uh -huh. And the third thing is living out your praise. Now, let's go to our main text that I wanted us to read. Psalm 100, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 100, verses 1 to 3. The first thing I want to talk about is who is your creator? Are you there with me? I read. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the lands, not some of the land, but all the lands. Did I get a praise here? I wish I had a praise in this house. Make a joyful shout, not just any shout, but a joyful shout, all the lands. Meaning that nobody else can exclude themselves when it comes to praising this God. Um, but he says in verses 2, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. It means that in the midst of your praise, there needs to be the ability to still serve. Hallelujah. And that, that is another message one day. But he continues on and says, come before his presence with what? Singing. Now verses 3, know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of what? His pasture. Ah, let me keep going in verses 4 and 5. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and into his court with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his what? Name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. Hallelujah. This truth endures our generation. Uh, he said that know that the Lord, he is what? God. Know that the Lord is what? God. Mean that know that he is a creator. Know that your God is the creator. There are many gods. But this God is the God that creates. There are many gods, but all those gods cannot create. What distinguishes our God from every other god is that our God is the God that creates. So if you want somebody to create a way for you, it is not man, 
but it is God. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He is the curator. Job chapter 12, verses 10. The Bible says, the life of every living thing is in his hand, as well as the breath of all mankind. The life of everything is in his hand. Job chapter 12, verses, chapter, chapter 12, verses 10. So know that he is the word creator. Now, verses 3 of Psalm 100 continues on and says, It is he who has made us and not ourselves. Know that he is the father to the fatherless. If you can't see God as your father, then you always run to man for rescue. You always put your trust in man. But the last time I checked, he has ordained himself to be the father. Oh, maybe I'm not teaching here to somebody. I, I think I'm doing well. I was trying to stay in the borders of this territory. I just realized that. Yeah, I just realized that. Hebrews 12, verses 9 to 11. Let me show you something quickly. If our time does not permit, we'll continue, but we'll still preach it. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, verses 9 to 11. I love this scripture. It says, that Furthermore, we have had human fathers who correct us, and we pay them respect. Hmm? Shall we not much more readily be subjection to the Father of spirit and life? Even human fathers, we pay them respect. Human fathers, we Uphold them more than anybody else. And the question here is, have we submitted more to the father of spirits and life? How do you deal with the father who has the breath of life in you? Come on, let's think about it. You demand respect from your children. It's not an option. Mm-hmm. Because I live it. Tell my children, hey, daddy has spoken. I'm just joking. I do say that sometimes. And they say, ah, here you go, daddy. But there is something that we desire to do for our human fathers. Hmm? What about the one who is the Lord of the Spirit? Now, it didn't finish. Let me continue. And it says, verses 10, for they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. The discipline us as seemed best to what? Them. But he, for our prophet, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seemed to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of what? You see that again? To those who have been what? Trained by it. So those who have exercised growth in the love of God, they're able to recognize, you see, when I discipline my children, I discipline them for my advantage. What I think I like, 
If they didn't do it, then I discipline them. But God does not discipline us because of what he likes and what he does not like. He disciplines us so we can partake in his nature. You see, there's a difference from disciplining someone to do what you like. Because when you are not there, they will do what they like. <laughs> but the discipline of God is to shape you not to do what he likes or doesn't like, but to carry his nature. So when it comes to you, the nature of God is what is seen. Maybe you are not recognizing the magnitude of God's nature. But I said it earlier. He says that he is the light. And in the light, darkness could not comprehend. No matter the storms of your tomorrow, because the one that you have is the light, if you let this light train you up, Shopping you up. We are living in a dispensation that most Christians don't want to be trained. The reason why we cannot learn how to praise God, because first of all, we have lost sight of that training ground. Everyone wants to feel like they are. But you've got to be trained. Just as we desire to train our children, we need to be trained in the Lord. How much are you yielding to go through the school of Christ? How much are you humbling yourself to go through the experience of Jesus? How much does the desire of you look at yourself? What student are you today? If you have been created to praise, then you've got to be able to understand who your creator is. Let him teach you. The third thing I was going to talk about was that he is also our shepherd. He's also what? Our shepherd. For the sake of time, read um, Isaiah 42, verses 16. Isaiah 42, verse 16, when you go home. So one, recognize who your creator is. I can take the time and teach on this a lot. The second thing about creating the praise is examine the praiser. And that one, I want to, I want to speak on that today before I end. Examine who? The praiser. Who is the praiser? You and I. We need to examine ourselves who we truly are. Go to Psalm 102, verses 16 to 22. Psalm 102, verses 16. If you are there, say amen unto Jesus. I want to read this. The first point is remember that you are redeemed. Psalm 102, verse 16, the Bible says, For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the dissolute. He shall not despise their what? prayers. He will be, this will be written for the generations to come. Hmm? That the people yet to be created may praise the word, the Lord. Who are these people? Verses 19 and 20 tells us. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven and the Lord, from, from heaven, the Lord viewed the earth. Verses 20 and 21. Hear this. To hear the groaning of the prisoners. To release those appointed to death. To declare the name of the Lord in Zion. Who again? To hear the groaning of the prisoners. 
about you and I, but I was once a prisoner to this flesh. Apostle Paul said, the thing that I don't want to do is what I find myself doing. We become prisoners to this body. But the Lord says, those are the people I have created to be my praise. And those who have been appointed to death. When I think about the wrongdoings of my life, my appointment was for death. But I got the time to praise him today. Because he sent for his son Jesus to come to die for me. And because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, my sins have been paid off. My death has been canceled. My death sentence has been taken away. So remember that the redeemed of the Lord say amen unto Jesus. Examine and recognize that you are a redeemer. You are the redeemed of the Lord. And God has redeemed you. Examine that you are a praiser because you have been redeemed. If you don't know where you came from, I came to announce to somebody here that the Lord has brought you out of the pit hole. Maybe you may say to yourself, oh, ever since I can remember, everything has been going okay with me. I've been going to church all right since I was born. But I came to announce to you here, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can go to church all you want. But if you have not wholeheartedly accepted him as your Lord, then you don't understand what praise means. Because those who have been redeemed out of death knows what it means. Whenever you see somebody come out of prison, ah, there is a certain measure of joy. As a matter of fact, if they have families, uh, they put together a feast for them uh, because they know uh, what it means to be in the dungeon. Maybe some of you have not been in a dungeon before. But even if it's not physical prison, there's a prison called depression. There's a prison called shame. That it has the ability to hold your mind. That you can't seem to think far. Because every time you look at yourself, all you see is failure. All you see is wrongdoing. All you see is that you are of nothing. But he came to take you out of that place. So the reason why you can praise God, because you have been redeemed. Examine yourself. 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5. Let's go there quickly. 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5. And I think I'm probably going to end very soon because I want us to do the family meeting. It says, test yourself to see if you are in the what? Faith. Examine yourself. Say examine. Now hear this. Or do you not recognize for, your, to your, for yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fail the test, test yourself to see that you are in the what? Faith. What does it mean to test yourself? Examine that you are still standing and putting your trust in him. You see, your praise becomes conditional. Until you see your praise in your creator. Are you walking in the faith? Many of us depend so much on ourselves. The only reason why the most churches across the nations, including us, we are not seeing that, you know, people just surrendering totally to God is because we want to depend on ourselves. We are not willing to crucify ourselves. You cannot praise if you have not been crucified. 
Am I teaching something here to somebody here? Let me go to Daniel chapter 3, verses 15 to 29. And I'll read pieces of it. And I'll end here for now. Daniel chapter 3. We are not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to read the pieces of it. Now, say to yourself, I am a praiser to God. Daniel chapter 3, verses 15 to 29. I'll read pieces of it, so follow me quickly. Verses 15, the Bible says, Now, if you are ready, this is when King Nebuchadnezzar had built an idol for everyone to bow to worship. And Shadrach, Mezak, and Abednego had failed to bow to that statue. And someone had gone to snitch to the king. That these guys ain't doing what you told them to do. They heard of the law of the land. But hear this. The king was asking a mandate. To bow and praise and adore what he has created. Say, I am a praiser. And he says, if, and the king says, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the herb, the lyre, and some tree in symphony with all kind of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you have, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of the burning fairy furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? The king was saying, who else can deliver you out of my hand? Because the king recognized his magnitude of his kingdom. So he thought that he was above all things. But here in verse 17, this is what the three gentlemen said. If that is the case, oh God, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, all kin, but if not, let it be known to you, all kin, that we do not serve other gods. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have what set up. They said we will not worship any other. I don't know what other gods some people have been worshiping, but sometimes we make our own gods. Our gods of money seeking. Ah, I'm not teaching to somebody here. I'm preaching to somebody else. Our god of money seeking. Uh, our god of material things. We want to harbor all material things. We, we, we want the finest things on this world. And because of that, uh, we let go of our god. Uh, and we want it to be about us. I want the truth to be said. We don't recognize the God that we create in our lives. Some of us, it's our pride becomes a God. Some of us, it's our controlling life becomes a God. You can't let go and let God. <laughs> I'm not teaching to this church. I'm teaching to somebody else. Don't worry. I'm not talking about you. Hallelujah. But hear this. The Bible says that the king commanded them to light up the furnace fire seven times beyond its ability. And go to verse 22. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Mesa, and Abednego. The people that put them in the fire, 
They were burnt up and they died. Because of the magnitude of how much this fire was blazing up. But check this out. In verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose with hasty and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true that, say true that. Say true that. Verse 25, it says, Look, he answered, how can it be true that, guys? He says, I see a four men. I see four men lose. I said, well, lose. These men were born up on La Basia. These men were tied up. But in the fire, they were loose. In the midst of the storm, if you can keep believing in God, you will not be bound up, but because of your praise, you shall be loose from every bondage. I wish I had praise this year. I say in the midst of your storm, if you can keep holding on to him, they may tie you up, they may wrap you down, but you are still walking, you are still pressing, you are still going forward because you have been loose. Say loose. May your womb be loose today. May your destiny be loose today. May your purpose be loose today. They tied them up. But the king asked the question, were there three men? Why do I see a four man? Why do I see a four man? But blessed be to the Lord. He saw a four man, but the king also had a different revelation. He saw that this man was not just any ordinary man. He says, ah, that they, they, they are not hurt. They are not what He said, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth one, it's like the Son of God. The form of the form one. It's like the Son of God. I wish I had a testimony in this house that there is a form man that is with you. There is a form man that is with you in the midst of your tomorrow. If you can keep trusting in him, there is a form man that is with you. There is a form man. There is a form man. In the midst of my turmoil, there is a fourth man with me. Ah, in the midst of my challenges, there is a fourth man with me. When they say that it's not possible, ah, with God all things are possible. Because there is a fourth man. There is a fourth man. And the king said they are not hurt. They are walking around. Oh, oh, oh. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. Don't worry, you are slowing me down. Hey, I will never go back. There is a four man with them. And they are not bind, bind on their legs and their arms. But they are loose. And they are walking. You see, when praise is working, when you are in the season of your praise, when praise dwells in you, they say, I will not worship any other God because they knew their curator. They knew their curator. I said, the praises, they know their curator. He is the breath of life. I don't know if you know your curator. But if you know your creator, then it will not be difficult for you to praise. Sometimes we come to the house of God and we still walk around and live here with sadness and bitterness. But I got a praise within my soul. Now, I'm ending. But what I love the most 
is that the king told them, come out of here. And verses 27, it says, I'll go to the second portion, it says, Oh, so whose bodies the fire had no power? I wish I could preach this again. Their hair of their head was not stinged. You see, this is, I do, I do trauma every day, and I see people in hot fires. You can't tell me you have been in a fire without any stench on your hair. Their robes was not in fact in, in affected. And there was no smell of fire on them. Why? Because Jesus was with them. At the end of the day, this is the result of you being a creator to praise. That if you can hold on to your praise, the Bible says in 20, verse 28 that the king said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servant, whose servant who trusted in him, and they have frustrated. Can I say that again? They have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, and they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. My Lord is good. My Lord is good. Oh, my Lord is good. Oh, is good. No matter what you may be going through, my God is good. My Lord. your name. You who have spoken your word. 
Let it be accomplished in us. The very life and the very purpose of your word. Let it spring up. That we shall carry the testament of your servants of the old. That in the midst of the challenges, we shall hold on to you and keep our trust in you. Help us to trust in your word. Help us to trust in what you've called us to accomplish. Help us. Help us. In the name of Jesus. May the church say amen unto Jesus. Oh, come on, say a big amen.